now shoot magic bullet through Ace of Diamonds without hitting other cards. Please to keep very still. Doctor! Please to keep very quiet. Chang, shoot 15 peasants learning this flick. Look for Ace of Diamonds. Oh, very good. Very good. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. We're talking about Doctor Who. We're doing something, uh, continuing our series of uh, our best and worsts. And today's episode is a best for Jeff. Uh, Talon's a Wing Cheyenne, and I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. So, what is so good about Talon's that makes it one of your favorites? Well, let's really? do the synopsis. Oh, first. we'll do that first. Um, so, this is a Tom Baker episode uh, with Leela, and they land in Victorian London and find themselves in the middle of missing girls and Chinese gangs and uh, there's this palace theater which has a hypnotist Li Sen Chang who seems to be at the center of all of it. Okay, so what makes this... Because it's like he's trying to be like Sherlock Holmes type. Okay. And it's all different things. There's like Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. Phantom the Opera type deal. All that mixed in is like one of Robert Holmes' best mm-hmm. scripts that he's done. I did not like the fact that they had an English actor playing a Chinese character and putting him in makeup. Just going to register that right now. I well, understand it was the time, but still. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many. You know, and we we always argue that was the time, and, and there were a couple, in the, a couple of henchmen that were actually there were Asian henchmen. Yeah, but not but not many. No. But uh, I, you know, there had to have been some. You would have thought Asian actors around. I mean, what what year was this done? Seventy seven. Seventy seven. So, you know, there's Asian actors around. It was brought. Yeah. So were they any good though? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I, I get it. I, I noted that the makeup um, I thought was pretty good I, I, uh, for the most part. I understood that as time has gone on, it sticks out more as a, as a sore thumb. But, you know, looking back at it now and reviewing it that way, certainly. But back then, I, I didn't think, I, I don't think it was as much of a problem, but maybe it was. I think retro people go, oh no, I saw this episode back in 77 and I, I protested it. Okay, sure fine. I, I'm sure you didn't, but <laughs> now you are, so okay, that's fine. But um, I thought he was really good and I thought he was a really good character. And if you could set aside that whole thing, um, you know, they didn't, do, uh, they didn't do that too often. Well, Mavic Chen, for example. Yeah, but that was in the 60s. Well, yeah, still. Still. You know. Uh, they didn't do much of it after this. I don't think there's any. No. 
I think this was the last gasp of dressing up. You know, they didn't. You know, for black people, they didn't. You know, they didn't do that. They 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 were starting to learn their um, their boundaries, I guess, but not in this one, really. No. So my I, my first question when I started watching this was why why was Leela wearing a doublet and breeches and a corduroy like newsboy cap when she's supposed to be I mean she's not supposed to be pretending to be male in Victorian London a woman would not have been walking around the city in not even breeches. They were like pantaloons. They were like just, you know, well, I puffy. I, I mean, that was. Did she wear that out of the TARDIS? Yeah, yeah she was so just I don't out of the TARDIS. Think they were supposed to stop in Victorian England, though. Yeah, they were because he made a comment about how she needed to be dressed appropriately for the time that they were in. Could she have just picked the wrong clothes? I don't know. I never even gave any thought. Uh, I, I didn't think. Because I, she wasn't in it for that long because they go in the sewers and, and she goes and. Swap places with the other girl to try to figure out what's going on. Well, for me, it's like it looked historical, and they're in the historical, so I, was I, never, I never even done it. It was the wrong century. Okay. <laughs> or maybe the doctor screwed up and said, "Here, wear this." And well, yeah, I, I mean, um, I don't think they they do that too often. I think they well, they're never exactly where they want it. I mean, Rose never really, rarely dressed up in. No, she never did. She had, she would, you know, wear the Britain flag over her while she went into a World War Two. World War Two and hanging down from a blimp or whatever. It's like great flag girls wanted, but you boat captain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, I thought this story was very atmospheric. They, they, I when I did some research on this, I forgotten or didn't realize that they had filmed a lot of it on location and at one point they're talking and they're like it must have been Christmas or winter time because it, it was, was like very cold very cold when they were filming and I'm like this is really good that they were it able was to aired in the uh, 26th of February yeah, all the way so. to April 2nd so they might have filmed it in like December January and they um, so that really helps with the atmosphere and then they had a lot of locations that they filmed at the theater and everything so all that you check all the boxes on where they could film. It wasn't studio bound. There were some studio shots, I believe, but not yeah, like yeah. But the sewer shots looked like they were actually in a sewer, and if they weren't actually in a sewer, it was a pretty good replica of a sewer. Yeah, they did a good job you with know, that. Was, I, I mean, I will I will say that in spite of the issues I had with this episode, these episodes, that wasn't one of them. <laughs> What was in the sewer was less impressive. Well, the giant rat the puppet. Rats, yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, it was 77. I mean, they weren't going to CGI a, a giant well, rat. I, I don't know if it's just me. I was reading about, like, oh, the rat, the rat, the rat. When I watched the episode, I'm like, it wasn't really that bad, people. No. Um, yeah, it looked, at one point, it looked cuddly. Like, it looked like someone's stuffed rat. But my memory of it had been. Like oh boy that was bad, but um, it, it wasn't as bad as everyone makes it out yeah, to be. Yeah, there's a lot worse in this classic Doctor Who that they, you know, the dinosaurs from the dinosaurs. Oh wow, and that was only a couple a couple of seasons earlier. So, but this was um, the episode itself. I think was marred a little bit by that effect, but um, 
you know, I, I don't know if it affected it too much. Um, but I thought they did really good with the scenery. I thought, you know, the mystery of the whole thing, um, the humor in it, where, you know, show us a trick and the guy just, you know, falls dead and, oh, good Whoa, that was really good. Yeah. Like this guy's dead. What? <laughs> <laughs> He had some really good uh, one-liners, like when they threw the axe and they missed. Mm -hmm. And he turns around and says, "Were you trying to get my attention?" Yeah. He made a he made a reference to the venerable bead, um, which you guys probably didn't catch, but I did because I'm a big Anglo-Saxon history buff. And bead wrote um, a his, uh, an ecclesiastical history of the English people, mm. and it's a very uh, he was a monk. Back in way back when. What was the reference to? <coughs> he said he had a drink with him. Oh, okay. Shared a drink. And oh, well, the last time he saw the River Fleet was when he was fishing with the Venerable Bede. Oh, okay. And they'd had a drink together. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty funny. Bede didn't live anywhere near London. And London certainly wasn't as. But that was something that the Fourth Doctor would say. He would say something that was like over the top. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Probably it's most true. likely not right. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Because I, I heard him say that, and I'm like, hey, venerable bead reference. How about the... And the housekeeper's name was Mrs. Hudson. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of references to that. I, I think, um, you know, there's a little bit of, like, um, trying to civilize Leela a little bit and failing. Um, <laughs> I like how she, you know, continues to use... I think she still used some Janice Thorne. Janice Thorne. Yeah, because that was right when they threw the axe. You hear the axe going, yeah. and you hear it hit the wood, and all of a sudden you hear, foom, foom. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, there was a lot of, you wait here for Talila, and, you know, sometimes she did, but most of the time she didn't, and she ended up saving people and stuff. But there but was that's a lot. A, that's a thing. Yeah. I mean, they do that in the new who, too. Yeah, you They just here. did it in the girl in the fireplace. Yeah, that's true. Don't go off. Don't go wandering off. And then he comes back, and they're always <laughs> wandering off. It's yeah. the first rule. That's right. Don't wander off. <clears throat> um, Jago and Lightfoot. Yeah. Or that's like they make the episode. They're just so. They're not in it together as much as I remember. Because uh, what's his name? Lightfoot's in it quite a bit, and Jago's just annoying. The um, owner of the um, theater, I thought, was just kind of annoying to begin with. But when they teamed up, Lightfoot's the. Dr. Watson guy. They, um, well, they've done that big finish episodes together where they've continued this yeah. their stories, but there was thought that they were going to do a, a spin off, the two uh -oh. of them. And I don't know if I would have watched that, but. I don't think so. <laughs> I never listened to the audios. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't know. Um, they did them right up to the time where the guy who played Lightfoot died. Yeah. Is uh, Christopher Benjamin still alive? Mm hmm. Okay. He was in Unicorn and the Wasp. Yes. So, um... I don't do anything. Yes, I do. I announced the axe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was... Well, I didn't, I didn't like Jago, but... I shouldn't say that. He, he was really good because he, he was the looking ways to make more money and stuff, and, and just the way he, he was a little overdone, but... Yeah, but he seemed like the stereotype of a, of a theater owner, yeah. of a vaudeville kind of theater owner. Yeah of the time. You know, they were always hustling. That's right. And, and I, I, you know, Lightfoot, I, I don't have an opinion of one way or the other. 
Yeah, he's not the most. He's just kind of like straight. Not very charismatic. Yeah. No. Um, My issue with this, and I have issues, uh, is that the bad guy in most of the old episodes is just so bad. Like he has no. There's no redeeming quality. There's no ability to like empathize or kind of get it or anything. It's just. And he's so over the top, this bad guy. So you're talking about Magnus Creel, the guy in the mask? Yeah. Yeah. Just so, you know, if, if this was a, a melodrama, he would be twirling his mustache kind of a thing. And well, I, I, I think there was this, and, and do you think that's changed? Like, do you think Doctor Who now has villains that are more... Sometimes. Okay. I, I think one of the reasons is that you don't want to... I, I think you, you don't want to necessarily have a villain that you feel bad for because then you're, as your viewer, and maybe there's a level of the viewer is stupid, we, you know, to a degree, you want to be so cut and dry that everyone, including kids or whatever, can understand it. I think that's talking down to the audience a little bit, but I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just trying to say a lot of times, and maybe there's examples in classic where there were villains that you did feel for, but most of them are like looking for power, looking for, well, some of them are looking for, uh, Michael Screw just wanted to get out of there, right? He wanted to go back to his own time. He wanted to go back to his own time and like do whatever it was he was doing with that cabinet thing. And I mean, it was a power thing. Yeah, he was trying to get back to his earth so he could to his world so he could. He had a feel for the peaking homunculus, though. No, you know he was going to be left behind by. No, you don't feel for that thing. <laughs> the um, like a enemy of the world, for example, the the salamander wants to make a better world, even though it's he's sacrificing people. I think there was a level of bad guys wanting to help out by killing lots of people and stuff so there is a you don't necessarily say well it's a good idea but you know like Thanos or something like that it's like well you know the concept actually you know there's a there's an idea in there that kind of works even though it's not it's a, still a bad guy move but in this case he just was like ready to kill whoever just to get back where he wanted to go and he's so like, oh, I feel bad for, you know, you're right. They don't say stuff like that. They just say, get another meat over here and let's get this going. Yeah, you know? and he was just so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, for you, it was also, you know, Saturday tea time. Children were mostly watching and all that. Well, yeah. So that's where they kind of geared it towards. Yeah. So, um... Mr. Sin was creepy, though. Well, Mr. Sin, um, played by Deep Roy, who uh, was in a lot of other stuff like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Blake uh, Seven, Blake Seven, and um, he was in a few more Doctor Who episodes, I think. Yeah. M mostly playing small. Well, he was a small man. He was yeah. only four foot four. Yeah. He's still alive, right? Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He still does a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, I was surprised to see his list of what he did, but um, I don't know if he's the best actor because he was doing some of the lines and they didn't sound right. But <laughs> um, but at the end he was kind of you know yeah what are yeah you doing? He, was, he, he I didn't I didn't understand his motivation at all either like he, I, I didn't he understand was a, more or less a, what, a pro robot robot it? program killing machine the, more or less. This was a weak point in the episode because at one point the doctor or I think it was the doctor, started talking about the Peking homunculus for like 
five ten minutes, and this is almost all the way toward the end of the ep the whole series. <laughs> it was like four episodes in. He starts talking about this. It's like this is like it felt like it was tacked on to a degree. Could have been filler, and maybe the episode was running short. Well, maybe, but then later we find out later on that we were trying to figure out what the uh, Mr. Sin being a dummy that comes to life. There's no explanation to that, and then they had an explanation later on, um, which I don't know was kind of like, well, it was in the 50, 51st century, and it was a it was a toy, and, and it didn't like this or that or whatever, and it's a little, you have to pay attention, and, and it explains it, but it was kind of like, um, I thought it was a little, the expedition was a little odd for it. You know, it was a little shoehorned in, I thought, a little bit. Um, and I thought you said the six-parter really great because it didn't feel like a six-parter. I thought the first four episodes were fantastic. The last two with Magnus Grill, when Lee Sing Chen was sort of the bad guy, he was really good. But then he dies, and then it's more Magnus Grill in the last couple episodes. It sort of became more of like, oh, here's the regular, like, oh, you know, curses and stuff like that. The first, I, I did, I. I liked the first two episodes, two yeah. and a half. Okay. And then it it, it dragged. I mean, I, I and this is my I know this is my constant complaint <laughs> that the old series could have benefited from some good editing. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I think if this had been four episodes, it would have been great. Mm -hmm. I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't feel that as much as some. I'm usually I'm kind of especially after years I'm. I watched these episodes and go, yeah, that one dragged a little bit. I didn't think this one dragged that much, except at the end, um, I was like, yeah, I, I could have definitely seen it resolving a little bit earlier, but overall, um, I didn't mind what they were doing there. You know, you had elements in the last two episodes with Jago and Lightfoot and stuff like that that, um, that added to it that were good to see, otherwise you wouldn't have seen it. I really thought Lightfoot was going to get offed at some point. Yeah. I kept expecting him to die. He certainly got hit over the head enough times. <laughs> <laughs> um, not the dragon statue. That must have come from another production because that looked up unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's good really big. And it was like, no way, BB, they didn't make that for this episode. And when I read up on it, I had no reference to it whatsoever. They were talking about everything but, and I'm like, where did they get that from? That had to have been some, some historical thing that they did or something. Minus the laser thing. <laughs> um, I like the ending where the TARDIS just goes away and then you see the poster and they're, you know, I thought that was really good. The, that character, the ma magician, I love the scene where the doctor's holding the card up and moves it toward his, his face. face and, you know, you know, it's, it's it's kind of all theatrical and everything. I kind of like that, and I like that character. And he kind of, at the end, is not, you know, goes back to the, he's not the bad guy. He's helping the bad guy, and at the end, he sort of has this conscious a little bit. Even though he still was a bad guy, he he still was like he was misled because he thought he was a god or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, um, so it was a little bit of redemption with him, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit. In the opium den. Yeah. What else makes this a good episode? It was all filmed at night. It was all at dark. There's no sunlight at all. Yeah. It was all dark. Yeah, that's true. 
It was also the first story that John Ethan Turner worked on. Yeah, I heard about that. I read that, yeah. The, um, I have some notes here. Uh, David Maloney directed this episode. I think that was his last directed for Doctor Who. He went on to go to Blake 7. Uh, Robert Holmes is a writer, obviously. Um, was producer Philip Hinchcliffe? He was still on it. Uh, was this his last one? I don't know, because there were still some gothic stories the next... Graham Williams took over. I think Graham Williams took over midway yeah. the next season, because that's when you get more... Because, you know, Image of the Fendel and all that was the next season, and that was all gothic. He, he was the gothic producer, so... Dudley Simpson is the composer of the music. He made a cameo in this episode. He was the conductor in the theater. Uh. Um, I, I didn't know that until I read it. Um, the guy who plays Magnus Greel, Michael Spice, I guess, he also did the voice of Morbius in uh, Brain of Morbius, another villain with the same type of, you know, like... Two-dimensional, uh, yeah. yeah very, very similar character, two actually. Two-dimensional bad guy. Um, John Bennett, who was Lee... Lee Sam Chain was in Invasion of Dinosaurs. Christopher Benjamin, who was Jago, was in Inferno, and, and you said earlier Unicorn and the Wasp. He was in Inferno? Inferno, yeah. I never realized that. Yeah. What was he? He was like a one of the uh, operatives or something like that. He was, yeah, he was in it quite a bit. He was a bigger part. Um, one thing that I uh, never, never heard from, maybe I totally forgot about it, but all the years of reading Doctor Who magazine, did you know that Wing Cheyenne was originally supposed to be the master? This was going to be a master episode? When you watch it, you're like, wow, Time Cabinet was supposed to be the TARDIS, disfigured from, still from Deadly Assassin. Um, a yeah. lot a lot of it made sense that it was the master. It did. Who was supposed to be the master? The Magnus Greel, the guy with the mask. Oh. I mean, he maybe he was going to be wearing the mask and he would reveal himself as the master but he had a time cabinet which would have been his TARDIS yeah um, I don't know we haven't watched these episodes yet but the master um no don't give it away okay she hasn't seen it yet okay <laughs> I think it would have been, been better if it was the master it may have made more, a lot more sense and I guess there's a line of dialogue I wrote it down here I don't remember hearing it but when, when he takes one of the girls and absorbs, absorbable officer or whatever, the first morsel to feed my regeneration was a line that got left in from, so, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, I don't know if that would have made it any better. I think it would, I think that would have been the, that would have been two masters in one season, because I think, uh... Yes, you're right. So I think that's why they didn't do it. And, um... And maybe that would have been a good thing because I think too, sometimes you can have too many masters, especially when you do ones that aren't that good. <laughs> like, well, that guy wasn't that bad for the long. No, the ones, the ones, the the ones that are mutated are, are okay. Roger Delgado, I think, is still the best, and then everything else they've done afterwards is, apart from uh, the quick appearance by what's his name. Um, Derek Jacoby? Yeah, he was good. Well, it's Derek Jacoby. Yeah. 
So, really good atmospheric one. Um, I think it holds up pretty well for the most part, in my opinion. Yeah, it does. A little slow, maybe. A little slow, yeah. but I mean, you know, that's my standard complaint about all the old ones. It's one of the better six parters, because there's been some six parters you're just like, let's go, let's get going. And yeah, I mean, it's just the, the repetition of, you know, run away, get captured, run away, get captured, run away, get captured. And yeah. And it doesn't help that, yeah, you know, I am watching it all at once, mm. all six episodes at once. Well, I think any story that you watch, I mean, those are made for serials, and, and most of them we watched when we first saw them were mostly full episodes, full stories. Once in a while we watch them in episode format, but even then we would watch Monday, we'd watch episode one, Tuesday, episode two, so we didn't have a whole week to think about it. But, you know, you, you, the whole serial format is you can do that, mm -hmm. and people aren't going to sit there and go, they just got captured five minutes ago because right. they didn't. They got captured two weeks Last ago week, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so yeah. you're less likely to remember those yeah. re the re repetition. When you would watch it mon Monday through Friday, it was a lot easier. Yeah, I'm sure if you watched one episode a day rather than six episodes. All together, you can Saturday notice some more mistakes. <laughs> but there's not that many more six-parters left. This is they there start is one more from the Tom Baker. No. Invasion of Time. And then they start doing... Okay, yeah, there's two. Uh, and then... Oh, talk about... And then is it like four? Well, Shada was supposed to have been a six-parter, six, yeah. but that never... And then after that, it was all four and twos. Is that true? Or... Yeah. It was two doctors. Anyways. Yeah, that was supposed to be a six-parter. Yeah. So, they started... They started disappearing. You know, this is... They started doing them at the. This wasn't the end of the season, though. It was the end of the season. It, okay, so all the six players were at the end of the season yeah, in the Tom okay. Baker era. Okay. Except for the last one. Legopolis wasn't. That was a four-parter. Yeah. Because they, they got rid of the six-parter. Johnny the Turner got rid of the six yeah. parters. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know. I wonder if this could get edited to a four-parter and be any better or whatever. Maybe you know, there's sure, some be. some surplus stuff in it, but um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, yeah, I thought it was it was good. It always gets voted up high yeah. when you do the fan voting. Yeah, some of my favorites though, like Robots of Death and um, all four-parters, Terrorizigons. Our horror family. Yeah, that's another good one. So, which we've all done already. We didn't seem to hear this icon. No, we didn't. Okay, anything else about this one? No. Yeah. Okay, thanks for listening. <laughs>